Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Delighted to be joined by PDP Technical Advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? Really good, thank you. How are you today? I'm good. Looking forward to this conversation. A really interesting question, and it's coming from Craig via Twitter. And the question is, what role do statistics play in youth development? Mm, very good question. I think uh, something you and I have got a bit of experience of. Um, I think to answer this question really quickly, that statistics should help us make an informed decision rather than make the decision for us. Mm. Um, I think maybe with you know the, the kind of statistics that are used at the, at the elite end or in, in the adult game, that they're becoming more and more common, stuff like expected goals and entries to final third and possession and stuff like that. Um, but, it, but it can be dangerous to apply some of those principles to youth development because it is a bit more messy and it is a bit more... Um, it's a bit more complex, I suppose. Mm. Uh, what, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Well, I think the question's really timely. I read, uh, I think it was in the last week or so, that laptops are now going to be allowed at the, in the dugouts for the World Cup coming up in Russia. So the, the role of stats and, and analysis is becoming more and more prevalent. But again, that's at the professional level. So the question is around youth development. I think for me, the key point to begin with is to discuss what the purpose of it is. So why would we use stats in youth development and how relevant or appropriate is it based on age? You know, we may not be measuring under sevens on pass completion, let's say, because that might be a redundant model when they're learning how to master the ball and control the ball and play those passes. But perhaps, you know, at older age groups, there's going to be a place for it. So we've been in, in environments before where we've had conversations with the uh, statistical team or the analysts and, and looked at players. And our view as coaches has been very different to what the stats may suggest. What, what do you sort of um, have to say around the challenges that go with that? Um, I think it's like the skill of coaching again, isn't it? Like the, the a really kind of clear example I've got in my mind is, uh, you and I coached a player that played in central midfield and would try really dangerous or risky passes in a good way. Like he'd be trying to thread through mm. groups of players or play over the top. And so his pass completion rate was quite low. Um, but, but when he did complete it, you know, they were goals or yeah. you know, chances, chances on goal. And so, you know, we had the debate around pass completion. So the statistic, the number looks bad, like it was below the benchmark of what we thought was acceptable. But when it came off, which is, you know, what would make him good or make him special and, and allow him to continue the journey, that was really powerful mm. versus somebody that passes the ball shorter, safer, would have a better pass completion rate. So I think the the understanding of the game, the understanding of what that looks like at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, um, and also matching that with video. Mm. So why 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 is the number the number? Is the number the number because the player isn't any good and he's you know, consistently giving the ball away? Or is the number the number because he's trying something that other players aren't trying? And yeah. that's actually quite good. So it comes back to kind of context and, and an understanding of, of what we're actually looking at, I think. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. And I think that sort of leads into two things, really. Firstly, video as a tool um, for player development, I think is fascinating because it makes things objective. And I think it's really engaging to kids, particularly if you've got access to things like Huddle or you can even film sessions on an iPad and just use YouTube to upload clips and share them amongst your team. There is a, a way to utilize video to really engage players and say, actually, let's have a look and reflect on this. The second thing is looking at the individual. Now, as you've said, there's one player who might be playing, for example, in a number 10 role where the job is to play those difficult final passes in traffic and tight spaces. Whereas somebody playing in the number four role or the, or the number six, depending on where you live, um, that position might be somebody who gets the opportunity to have a little bit more time and space on the ball and is potentially building from the final or the, the defensive third into the middle third. And so we're, we're in different areas. So there's context there, not only around position-specific challenges, but also individuals. Every player is going to have different attributes. And you wouldn't compare Cristiano Ronaldo with Busquets, for example, because they're two very different players with different attributes in different areas. So I think context is really important around this. Yeah, and, and even the context of what the coach has asked the player to do or an individual learning plan. Like exactly. if, if you've been encouraged to take risks or if you've been encouraged to assist, then your pass completion rate will be lower. Mm. But there also could be the flip of that, that if you give the ball away a lot and the coach says to you, you know, I want you to try and complete more passes or switch play more often or help the, the five and six player from the back, again, depending on where you live, yeah. um, then, then the stats will look different and that's okay. Um, but I just think the baseline of stats being how we make the decision and, and it being, I think Jimmy would say that, that kind of machine metaphor of this is good and this is bad. Yeah. We have to understand why this is good and why this is bad. Yeah. Um, I think we've probably put quite a negative uh, <laughs> spin, spin on this straight away, but there, there are positives to this as well. Like yeah. from, a, from a coaching point of view, it can remove some of that emotion and some of that kind of, it can give a bit more objectivity to, to what's happening. Absolutely. So if you have stats, stats around, you know, um, us versus them, uh, possession, entries to final third, shots on target, then you might say, well, actually, we played really, really well apart from this bit. Mm. Or, you know, we definitely need to work on this bit. Because I think, you know, we've spoken about this on the Q&As before. Sometimes when you lose, you chuck out a lot of the good stuff. Mm. As you say, that was dreadful. Like, nobody played well. We didn't reach any of the team targets or individual targets and it's a, it's a disaster. Whereas stats along with video could say, do you know what, you did these three out of the five things really well, but you weren't clinical or, you know, you allowed too many crosses to come in. So that can kind of nudge you, I suppose, to have a little look at how you design your sessions or are we getting enough repetition of certain things, you know, so if you're conceding crosses, for example, are you practicing blocking and defending in wide areas? Are you, are you practicing heading to clear the ball? Yeah. So, it's not to say that stats are bad and we should never use them. I think that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's important that we that we represent a, a balanced argument. Yeah, certainly they've got to be um, complementary to what we're trying to achieve. And I think there's two things that really stood out for me there is one, the individual challenge. I mean, I had exactly that scenario the other night with a player working on a switching play session. And I said to him, as soon as your team has switched from side to side, you've now got license just to run at players. I just wanted to see what this player could do in 1v1s in the final third because he was showing some talent there. So the objective for him was 1v1s, but his teammates didn't know that because I'd only given him the challenge within the game. So from the outside, it could look to a parent or a spectator, why is this player never passing the ball? Why is this player doing this? So again, context is key. But also communication. If you're working as part of a team, 
within a club, whether that's you and an assistant coach or whether that's just as part of a staff within a club, you've got to communicate to define what these stats or what these key measures really are. What does a 1v1 duel win or loss look like? What does a, mm-hmm. a, a successful pass look like? So putting some parameters around that's important. But most of all, the idea of making, making everything black and white and defining things by stats is something that we've really promoted as a message before that this is a human activity and we can't just put everything into a machine and spit it out the other end and go, brilliant, there's the end product. So I think it's very, very important that we use technology, we use stats to support player development, but it's certainly not the be all and end all in terms of decision making. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good example. I I remember when you and I worked in a a more stats based environment, Um, I was coaching a group of under 11s and we had a a boy that wasn't very confident in 1v1s. And so for the the one game, I played him higher up the pitch and I said, every time you get the ball, I want you to try and take your your man on. Now, I'm not I'm not advocating that you should say every single time you know, throughout the season, but just in this one game, I wanted him to try and take the players on because it was his just kind of development point. So he had 17 1v1s and 16 of them were unsuccessful, mm. which is not, not a problem, not a drama. So after the game, 16 unsuccessful, one successful. But the problem was then for his season, his seasonal data, I've now damaged. Yeah. Because he's now got 16 failed 1v1s because the coach told him to do it. And now he's got nine months to try and get that back or get it to look, you know, in a, in a positive number. Mm. So I think that's a good kind of example of the context again. Yeah. Like you've got to understand, okay, why did that happen or, or what were the, the, the constraints, I suppose, around why that player performed those actions and why it was good or bad. Absolutely. Um, I think the final thing would be the kind of um, how these are used in audit or, or retain and release kind of situations. Um, that That's another kind of... Uh, pressure of the performance environment, whether players are, uh, continue their registration or whether players are, um, you know, shown that that's the end of the journey at that club. Um, stats, is, stats are used in those environments and it, it's quite a, quite a powerful thing. Well, what are your thoughts on, on that context? Yeah, well, look, it's something that always, look, it's a difficult one. It's hard to reconcile um, that process at the best of times, regardless of stats, but it's, it's the nature of working in those environments. Um, I think it's important, again, that, um, you know, the, the player's individual learning plan, if that conversation was going on, would have to be at the forefront of, of the discussion. So have we, as you said, encouraged this player to dribble and drive for six weeks in a row? Has that been the individual learning plan for six, 12 weeks, whatever the time was? And if so, then we can put context around those stats and understand why they look the way they do and why they're skewed the way they are. Um, if the challenge has been, you know, we want you to complete short passes, square passes, safe passes, and there's a technical deficiency there, but it's been a relatively safe target, then perhaps there's some concerns. But for me, the bottom line is, the coach has to ask himself why that player hasn't improved. You know, you've got to go back and say, have I helped the player? Have I designed sessions that have enabled the player to execute that challenge over and over again and get repetition within the game? Um, So I think it's very difficult to put a child in a position where you know, the onus is on them um, at very uh, young ages or ages where there's a lot going on around them and say that you're expected to achieve X by Y. You know, it, it's a process that, that uh, is different for every player. And I think it's important that we sort of uh, account for that. But it, it's a tool, again, going back to the point for me, it's supplementary, it's complementary to what we're doing. 
Um, and I think it can add a lot of value and engagement for the players. There are certain individuals that will buy into it. They might be kids that love playing FIFA or they love playing other games that are that are really stats-driven and, and, and kids may buy into it as a way of helping their development. And if that's the case, that's fantastic. But it's important just to make sure it's, uh, it's something that we're using as an additional uh, bit of information on players, not the final decision. Final thoughts from you, mate? Um, yeah, I think we could go on all day about this. I think <laughs> what, what, one thing we haven't mentioned is the skill of how much you tell the players. Mm. Because I actually think it's quite good to collect all of this data. Like, as long as you know what you're looking at and it's clearly defined and all the other things that you've said. But the skill is how much you tell the players. I, I don't think it's appropriate to tell under 10s all of the stats individually and collectively on their game. I'm not sure how much benefit there is in doing that. But it might help you as a coach design better sessions or to see kind of uh, areas for development in individuals or in a team play. Mm. That's good. Um, as you get nearer kind of it becoming a career or becoming a real pathway, there might be benefit of saying, look, you know, when you get in these areas, if you took another touch and got into a different area, you'd score more goals. Or if I could help you take more one-touch finishes, you'd score more goals. That's useful. Mm. But I think bombarding players with data, whether it's good or bad, um, might not be the best thing and you've got to think about why kids are there and why kids are playing football so i'd say you know in those kind of below teenager age groups it would just be noise for some of them i don't think they'd understand what they'd look at and they would maybe just want to please the coach so okay what what is it you want me to do what is it you're showing me pass the ball more okay shoot the ball less whatever mm. um and that that is a dangerous uh yeah dangerous place to go i think yeah and i think on a personal level i didn't go to football training to go and do math so i used to go badly <laughs> enough about that in the classroom i used to struggle there so uh, don't talk to me about my university stats results but uh on that note dan thank you for your time a fascinating question from craig appreciate your thoughts no worries mate and we will look forward to another Player Development Project Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.